tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria then a Lord I want you to notice this is a small L not a capital L this is not uh, speaking of God this was speaking of a person in prominence in the kingdom of the king of Ser uh, Samaria and I, I can't read this without making this commentary this guy is a twerp he's an idiot this little lord is negative he is sarcastic he is arrogant he is faithless self-exalted idiot he had an attitude of rebellion against the preacher I don't care who you are, you get an attitude against the preacher, you're an idiot. I don't care who you are, there is never a right cause to have an attitude against God's ministry. Never. Never. God takes care of His men. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God sarcastically, critically, bitterly, impishly, femininely, and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And the preacher said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate, and they said one another, Why sit we here until we die? we say we will enter into the city the famine is in the city and we shall die there and if we sit still here we die also now let us now therefore come and let us follow the host of the Syrians if they save us alive we shall live and if they kill us we shall but die but Elisha said hear you the word of the Lord thus saith the Lord tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel. Before we pray, Isaiah chapter number 53, first verse, first portion of the first verse. Who hath believed our report? I preach to you tonight, it's time to prove the preacher right. right. Amen. 
it is time to prove the preacher right. Hallelujah. God help us tonight. Anoint your word. Anoint this preacher. Anoint your people. Let the word of God come forth tonight, God. Remove scales from off of eyes. God, dig whatever hindrance is in the spiritual ears of people out. Let them hear the word of God. Let our faith reach unto you. I bind every spirit of criticism. I rebuke every vile spirit. I bind every spirit of opposition to the things of God. And that we live in a world that is extremely vindictive. Truly tonight, if we could boil the essence and attitudes of the world that we are a part of tonight and could find a creed to which a world is wanting to live in, they are wanting to live with the adage and the spirit of the age is that which cries that every man is right in his own eyes. We have learned to, or we have lived long enough to see this creep up uh, even now in the very forefront of our political agenda. And it's like it's on every lip of every news broadcaster how that even now they are trying to stuff it down our throat that homosexuality should uh, just not just be accepted in uh, the mainstream of America, but now they should be allowed to be a part of the armed forces and uh, try and defend a country that supposedly is founded upon the principles and creed of God that in God we trust. I'm here to tell you, if you trust in God, you're going to understand that God abhors homosexuality. And the world is trying to push it in the faces of we who want to stand upon the truths of God's Word. And they're trying to tell me that every man is right in his own eyes. I'm here to tell you tonight, it don't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you believe. It don't even matter what I believe. But I'm here to tell you, it does matter what thus saith the Word of God. Hallelujah! We're right as long as we are in the book. We live in a world where the condor and the whale and the spotted owl is more protected than godly morals. We'll save the seals and we'll become a friend of the whale, but we murder more babies through abortion than I even want to try and think about tonight. We don't live in a society like the one that... I, I told my boys this today. Early this morning, we had a talk, family talking. And you know, man, when I start talking this way, I get to feeling like I'm getting old. But And I know I'm not getting old. I know I'm still wet behind the ears. I understand that. I'm, I'm real young. But I, but I told my boys, I said, boys, I, I, I hate to tell you this, but you're not growing up in the kind of world I grew up in when I was a kid. And the, the crazy thing about that, I hear my old daddy telling me that. And that kind of bugs me. How many of you ever remember a newspaper called Grit? 
Really? I ain't never seen, I ain't seen one in years. Grip newspaper has nothing but good news. They, they won't even tell you if Sam and the Squirrel got ran over on Main Street. They don't report nothing negative in there. It's all good news. People living long. People having 100 year old birthdays. And people's married, been married 40, 50, 60, 70 years. It reports, you know, Farmer Jones. It doesn't talk about hail damages. He's got a bumper crop. They don't, they don't talk about uh, pestilence. They talk about, it's all good. I remember as a kid getting grit. I used to read grit. You used to deliver it. Well, I, I didn't deliver grit. But you don't hear about that anymore. In fact, it's hard to find any good news. About the only person you can listen to and find some good news is Paul Harvey every now and then. And Rush Limbaugh. We need to pray God fills that man with the Holy Ghost. Man, what, what a preacher he would be. I pray for him. I, I'm just confessing. I do. I went and saw that old rascal. I tried to get to, I wanted to talk to him. I, I wanted to tell him, buddy, brain you got on your head, you ought, to, you ought to look into the book. But it seems like the media and the attention of the world, they just thirst to find dirt and trash on somebody. They don't want to report good news. They, they want to report bad news. You go to the newspaper rack and all you can see is, you know, Boeing is blowing up and, and they're laying this people off and that people off and this city's going under and that company's going under and, and Charles and Diana are going under. I'm so sick and tired of reading about them people. My God, I'm tired of it. Little, little wimp, all he can do is ride a horse. He can't be no man. And they made me have to see all that junk. That's all the media wants to look at. You, you, you try and buy some groceries and you got to walk by newspaper racks that talk about two-headed woman with a two-headed son. Yeah, yeah. 2,000 year old baby found in the moon rocks. Now, now some of you are kind of smiling, some of you looking at me, and some of you don't know what's going on. Yeah, probably some of y'all got subscriptions to them. And Spend all your money on that trash. You got money to buy that. Why don't, why don't you just give it to the building fund? It's all a bunch of lies anyhow. You know, Elvis is a grandpa living in Poland. You know, I had a Big Mac with Elvis in Russia. Truly, we have come to a time where Scripture is being fulfilled with 
in, in such a rapid fashion that we can honestly say we live in a society that rejoiceth in iniquity. They are happier to see something blow up than they are for it to stay together. They are happier to see your marriage fall apart than they are to give you credit that it's living together. Your neighbors look around. They, they don't want to see you live for God. They want to see you mess up. Our society, it has an insatiable hunger to try and find some, some kind of dirt on somebody. I'm going to tell you something. I lived, I lived uh, normally few years of my life by that I mean in a house you know pastored I, I wasn't a professional transit and I remember I had a neighbor that hated me I moved in I he didn't know me and I didn't know him his brother was the judge the night one night I had several preachers over to my house and and we were having just a get-together, and he walked out on the porch in his underwear and cussed me. Just ranted and raved, and you know, I, I said, well, praise God, you know, kind of, something like that. I was just doing this, you know, go back to sleep, Les. He'd scream at my boys if they rode on the sidewalk. Cuss me stare us down he hated the fact that my wife and I were married and we weren't fighting his marriage ended in divorce and he wanted everybody to divorce he wanted everybody as miserable as he was he couldn't stand the fact that I'd walk out there after he'd cuss me and mow my lawn and say hey Les how you doing he'd just go mm. Scream at my boys. Holler at my boys. Then one day, one day he, he asked me, he said, what's your name anyhow? And I told him my name. He said, oh, you're not so-and-so. I said, no. And so the next day we woke up that morning and there was a big offering on, on the porch of fruit and raisins and stuff. I'll never forget it. Apologies. Just wanting to hate. Never done a thing to him. Just, just wanting to hate open mouth our world I want you to hear me tonight our world our society I'm talking about Hutchison they swallow just about everything that comes down the pipeline you reread the newspaper and don't even question it listen to the radio and don't even question it we're like look birds and and they they just they just tell us that our apples got alar on them and we don't buy them. Come on. Don't don't sit there and say you don't do it. You do it. We do it. They say you ain't cool unless you wear Levi's, so we'll go pay twice the price so it has a little red tag on it. Our world, like a hungry bird, swallows just about everything that comes down the pipeline. America is believing almost anything but the right thing. 
She listens to TV and radio personalities, becomes bonded with their voice and their face. But America today shuns the face and the voice of an apostolic preacher. They'll buy a magazine that'll talk about some little three-legged chicken that'll talk in tongues. But you let an apostolic preacher get in the pulpit and begin to preach and they want to say, Hey, you're, you're discriminatory. You're full of bias and prejudice. You're right-wing. You're radical. Hey, I'm telling you tonight, I believe in 1993 there is a need in this world for the real apostolic church to rise and say, You say what you want to say say but as for me uh, I'm gonna start proving uh, the old time preacher right uh, and I'm gonna let the world know as long as he's in the book I'm with him truth or no do you no good until you believe it there are some people that put more stock in the devil's lie than they do in the word of God there are people like Eve and like Adam that listened to the lie of the devil and gave his lie more credence than they did the truth of God. There's people in this building tonight that has allowed Satan to fill your heart and mind with so much garbage and lies and trash until you cannot even receive the word of God. You cannot even see the things of God because the God of this world hath blinded your eyes. I'm here to preach to you tonight of all the things you better do. You better learn to fall in love with the man of God. God and say oh God I tell you all I need in this world I need the Holy Ghost and I need you to take care of my needs and I need a preacher who'll get in my face and tell me how to live and tell me what I need to do I'm going to tell you something. You don't have enough money to make me shut my mouth. You ain't tough enough, ugly enough, nor mean enough to shut my mouth. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 I remember two men in the church I pastored came to me. Two of the men that helped build, literally, physically, the building before I got there. They paid a very substantial amount of tithes, but I, I corrected them. I said, get your guitars off this platform. Get your uh, amplifiers off the platform. Get your body off the platform. And if you can pray through, then maybe someday, maybe, we'll talk about you playing the guitar. And they came into my office with a tape recorder Said we're going to tape this We're going to have a conversation with you I said you ain't going to tape nothing in my office Just turn it off And they wagged their little ties under my nose And said I'm, just, I'm here to tell you We were here before you were We helped build this And if we don't play our guitars we're going to take this and our families down the road. I said, hey, God bless you. Don't let the door bust the back of your head. Oh, 
I'm not blowing off. I'm, I'm just telling you, if your preacher doesn't have the, enough guts to face you, you ain't got a preacher worth his salt, but you do have one that'll face you. I wouldn't go to a church where you could buy the preacher. I wouldn't go to a church where you could force the preacher. I wouldn't go to a church where the preacher wasn't a preacher. My God, I need a man of God that preaches without fear or favor. And I get up in the pulpit and say, Thus saith the word of God. And if you don't like it, God bless you. I know it's 1993, but God's still the same. I realize tonight uh, that there will be some people that will say, Well, that's not the kind of church I'm going to go to. Well, then go to Swagger. Go, go over there to, what, what, go to Tammy, Miss Piggy Baker. I'm going to tell you something, I'm kind of burnt up tonight anyhow. I'm, I'm kind of fed up. I laid awake last night and I got something to say. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of people trying to change this church. I'm tired of people trying to change our doctrine. I'm tired of people trying to, train, to change uh, the doctrines of the United Pentecostal Church. I'm tired of them telling me we're too radical. We're too old-fashioned. We're too old fogey. I'm here to tell you we're apostolic one God Jesus name tongue talking and we ain't never going to change. Hallelujah. We ain't going to change. We ain't going to change. The pew will never tell the pulpit what to preach. The pew will never tell the preacher how to pastor. The pew will never do it. We are not going to go charismatic. We are not going to compromise. We are not going to water this thing down. We are not going to start having pulpit committees. We are not going to start getting caught in all of this denominational junk. My God, give me a preacher that knows how to pray. Give me a preacher that can walk out of the study and hit the pulpit and say, Thus saith the word of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes we're too nice. I've been intimidated long enough. I, I've, I've been, I was intimidated long enough. I remember one Saturday night I was seeking God. I was praying in the office trying to get ready for Sunday. We just prayed a young woman through to the Holy Ghost. Her name was Yvonne. Yvonne Reyes. I forget her maiden name. Yvonne Gonzalez. That's right. Beautiful young woman. I may have told you this before. If I have, you need to hear it again. If I could stay up late last night, you can stay up late tonight. Now I was in there studying, seeking God. And somebody knocked on my door, and I could tell by the knock that we were fixing a tie-in to it. Because no, I don't like people come pound on my door like it's a barn door. But you get a little bit cocky, no. 
But bless God, I was their pastor. I was pastor in that church. You better respect the office. Yeah, I, I told my church often, you don't have to like me. You don't have to love me. But bless God, you will respect me. You ever heard that, Joel? You ever heard that, Chris? Huh? You don't have to like me. You don't have to love me. But you will respect me. <laughs> Praise God. I knock respect into him. Some of you don't like this. I'm telling you, if you don't like this, you ought to go to go to Baptist church. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, if you come to church for any other reason than to worship God, you're here for the wrong reason. You're not going to impress me with the way you dress. I can care less how much money you have. I just want to know, are you going to help me magnify him? Are you going to help me lift him up? Are you going to help me touch him? <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something, lady. If you're just hanging around here trying to find one of these young men to marry, why don't you pack your bags down and leave? I'm going to tell you something, mister. You're just here trying to scope out on our young women. Why don't you get your wallet and stuff a duck in your pocket and get out of here? This house is the house of prayer. This house is the house of God. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I am tired of it. Somebody better stand. Somebody better make a stand and say, bless God, while the world's trying to destroy the credibility of God's ministry, I'm going to prove the preacher right. I'm going to stand with him in the fire. I'm going to stand with him. You afraid you're going to run some people off tonight? No. But if this runs you off, you ain't here for the right reason. I was in my study. He, I, I knew it was a guy, too, because the way he beat the door. Boom, 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 boom. In through the door, such a Sandy, walked a pretty big dude. Hairy, beard. No, he didn't have a beard, he had a mustache. That's beard. It's too much hair on your face, I'll put it that way. And standing next to him was Yvonne. She hadn't had the Holy Ghost a week. Something like that, a week. For some reason, you, uh, you see me look to my wife and make sure that I'm getting it all right. Because sometimes she tells me, Honey, you, that wasn't the right name. I just don't want to be lying. But about a week. I know it. <laughs> But I, I'm trying. I don't want to get evangelistic. And stretch it. My God, I feel, I feel such victory in my Holy Ghost right now. I feel like roping the devil and riding him side saddle, Brother Bill. 
<laughs> he walked in my office. I said, Yvonne, how, how you doing? This guy just kind of giving me this look. Big dude. You know, I ain't never been very big or very tall, let me put it that way. And I'm looking up at him. I said, well, why don't you have a seat? Tell me what's going on. He said, uh, preacher. I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, Yvonne told me we had to come by and tell you we're on our way to Vegas to get married. I had sat behind the desk in the proper pastoral posture. You know, I had my face on. Kind, considerate, loving. Open door policy to the office. And when he told me they were on their way to Vegas, and he said, he said our parents gave us a surprise uh, reception and given us all kind of money, and we were on our way out of town, and Yvonne said, we can't do this unless I go tell my pastor. I blew up. Just let me, let me, let me just encapsulate it and be kind. I come flying out from behind that desk, screaming. I was like a mad bull. I said, you are doing what? He said, we're on our way to get married. Out from around the desk, beating my hand on. You ain't going to marry this woman. Now, you, well, I don't know who put that stuff in your head. I'm going to tell you something right now, buddy. I don't care who you are. You are not going to take this woman in Las Vegas and marry her. She is a child of God. She just prayed through in this church about a week ago. I don't care if your mom, dad, grandparents, and all your great uncles gave her money. You are not going to take this woman to Sin City and marry her. You're not fit to marry her. You're not going to marry her. Man, he blowed up and got all red and started going. <laughs> and Yvonne started crying. I said, Yvonne, you tell me the truth. You know you don't want to go marry this guy. You know he, he's just forcing you. You know he's just pressuring you. And man, that big old dude started coming toward me. I thought, my God, this would be a good place to die right here in the office. But I thought if he hits me, I'm going to hit him back. Hallelujah. I turned the other cheek real quick. Boom. I got him. Ha. Hallelujah. <laughs> it says turn the other cheek. What do you do after you turn the other cheek? There ain't nothing else to turn. I ain't about to turn my back and run. I was taught better than that. I figured if he felt froggy, might as well go ahead and jump. Amen. Because I was fired up. I said, you are not going to take this woman. He said, that's who do you think you are? And I said, I'm her pastor. That's who. And I want you to learn, uh, understand and learn something else. I don't care who comes in this office. Ain't nobody in this church getting married until I tell them they can get married. I said, so you just leave her here and you go on home. Oh, man, he... I really did. I'm being honest. Inside, I was scared. Hey, come on, y'all. This ain't my first rodeo. I've been around a couple places. I know what it is to taste knuckles, and I know what it is for others to taste knuckles too, okay? But I figured I, he, he might whip me, but it ain't going to be easy because I was mad. 
What are you mad about? I, I'm going to tell you something. I'm sick and tired of the devil trying to destroy God's precious church. If you, you get offended at the attitude of a preacher sometime that has to get up and he is mad at say the Bible says be angry just don't sin Jesus Christ got angry and platted a whip and kicked over tables and let all the dogs go free because they made a mockery out of the house of God I'm here to tell you this is a house of prayer this is a house of prayer this is a house of prayer it is not a swap meet. It's not a comedy shot. This is a place where divinity hooks up with humanity. This is a place in this city where man can find God. And I ain't about to be intimidated. I ain't gonna let nobody tell me what to preach. If I've heard from God, I wanna hit the pulpit and say, Thus saith God. And buddy, if you don't believe it, that's your problem. I don't know why I'm this way, but I'm this way. He left. Poor Yvonne went home. Come back to church that Sunday morning. All her, all her joy wasn't there like it had been. Brand new, brand new baby, Sister Kim. Brand new, but maybe a week. She thought, "My God, my pastor done freaked out." I'm going to tell you something. If you get offended because your pastor freaks out every now and then, you don't understand. He's got to give an account. You know why the Wayfair fig tree was cursed? On the wayside, Jesus looked for fruit. And he cursed it and its roots immediately withered. You know why? Because it didn't have a keeper. It didn't have a farmer. I'll tell you the most dangerous place you'll ever be is outside the umbrella of the pastor. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I'm burnt up on this st stuff. It got a hold of me last night, Brother Elder. I got to preach it tonight. If you've ever, if you have ever loved your pastor, you better learn to love him now. If you've ever prayed for your pastor, you better learn to hold him up in prayer now. If you have ever built a wall of defense about the man of God, there ought to be something rise inside of you and say there may be times I don't understand him, but it is not my choice. It, it is not my will. It is... Pastored, you're in the wrong church. Brother Elder, I'd be disappointed in you if you wouldn't pastor me. I'd be disappointed. I'd be disappointed if I could sit in this building full of sin and the man of God not come and knock the snot out of me and say, my God, boy, what's wrong with you? But, but today, today it's called discrimination. And it's harassment. I got a precious friend of mine. Been working in the ministry for years. For years! For years! Mine either, buddy. I can tell you a story about that, but I ain't going to do it. My wife would be embarrassed in tears. 
Well, I'll tell you one, I'll, I'll just sit, tell you this much. One of them opened his mouth one time against my wife, and I went ballistic on him. And big old boy, I said, go ahead and cry like a woman. What do you mean? I, 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 I whooped him. That's what I did. I I'm, I'm fired up tonight. I'm sick of this stuff. <laughs> That's Bible. You better get in your Bible and read it. Hezekiah took that dude outside the gates of the city and beat the snot out That's of him. That's right. Come on. We've been intimidated too long. We're afraid to talk. And, and this, this precious friend of mine, if I told you the city where he labors, you would know. And just a few weeks ago, couple, three young women that he had to discipline has turned it around and for the first time that I know in a United Pentecostal church has filed sexual harassment charges. I'm, ta I'm talking our world is in trouble. I I'm here to tell you something. The, the, the United Pentecostal Church does not need to mature to the place where we have to learn to start speaking politically correct. I'm telling you, hear what I'm talking. You, 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 if you don't think this is true, just file it away. But one day you're going to drag it out of your mind and say, my God, that little short, fat, mad preacher was right. I just preached in a state and somebody told me it is against the law for us to preach in the pulpit against homosexuality. I preached on it every time I felt like I said, well, if I go to jail, I go to jail. But I ain't about to be intimidated by a law. Come on, y'all. Preachers have been preaching for years that you can't place your trust in the economy. They've been telling us, you better invest up yonder where thieves can't break through and steal, where moths can't corrupt it, where rust can't get a hold of it. Come on, come on. And then, then we get these attitudes and these ideas. What did Jesus say? He said, lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth where moth and rust are to grow up, where thieves you break through and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through nor steal. And we think the preacher's all wet because he gets behind the pulpit and says, listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you run your credit card to the limit and spend over your head and get in such debt that you are strapped, you can't even do anything for the kingdom of God. And then we want to rock back and say, my God, the preacher now is trying to get in my wallet. I'm going to tell you something. The greatest friend you'll ever have is a godly preacher that helps you with your finances. Brother? You may disagree with this, but I believe it is sin to be in such debt that you cannot live and you cannot pay your bills. I think it's sin. 
I'm not just preaching this because I'm in Hutchinson. I preach this when I pastor. In fact, my wife, I tell you, it's the truth. I, I had to bring people in into my office, people that I saw going under. I said, I'm going to tell you something. You need to start bringing your paycheck to me every week, and I'll help. I, I put them on a budget. I help them pay their bills. I said, it's time to grow up and learn some fiscal responsibility. But I'm going to tell you, you'll sit back and say, no way. And I'll tell you what, you'll be living from payday to payday, driving on bald tires, not able to pay your bills, never have two coppers to run together, rub together. But if you will listen to a man of God, if you'll obey the word, if you'll obey the scripture, if you'll follow the leadership that God has sent to the church, if you'll be faithful to God, I am here to preach to you tonight that when the world is in a famine, God's going to have a Joseph's somewhere that's been faithful to him and while they're not eating you're going to eat well I know what I'm talking about you read 2 Kings chapter number 4 don't turn there tonight I got a fly but you read there and find talk where they're talking about the school of the prophets the school of the prophets came together it's time to eat somebody started screaming out did they scream out, oh, physician? Did they cry out, oh, 911? Did they cry out, oh, paramedic? They cried out, oh, man of God. Read it in the fourth chapter of 2 Kings. Oh, man of God, there's death in the pot. They knew if they had ate of the pottage at the school of the prophets, they'd have all died. They had picked some wild mushrooms and stuff. Not no psilocybin, but some wild stuff. They weren't magic. Those were deadly mushrooms. The magic ones are deadly too. And the preacher said, take a little meal and throw it into the pot. A meal, a type of the Word of God. I'm here to tell you, I don't care what comes in your life. Boy, I don't know why I'm preaching this way. But I, I'm going to preach it. I'm going to preach it till I get it off me tonight because I want to sleep tonight. Sister Sandy, you may wonder why I was like trying to wake up the world this morning. I kept the whole house up. Pacing, nuts, going crazy. I thought they need a 24-hour restaurant around here. I can go drink coffee and just really stay awake. <laughs> Preacher said, throw, throw meal. Brother Elder, you're, you're rubbing off one. And I want you to know, I'll, I'll, this point I wanted to make. The preacher had the remedy, not the doctor, not the physician, not the high priest. I don't care what situation you're in in your life. If you have trouble in your marriage, don't go see some marriage counselor that's shacking up and has been thrice divorced and, and probably is 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 a homosexual go to your pastor and his wife and say we've got problems i remember i first was in the ministry i was very young and i remember receiving a phone call 
from a 70-something-year-old man that married 50 years. And he comes to me and said, we need some marriage counseling. I thought, my God, you have to be? Brother Helder, I'm going to tell you something. You talk about the tail wagging the dog, buddy. I thought, well, God, I'm either a preacher or I'm not. You either called me or you didn't call me. So I didn't get in there and all apologize and say, well, look, come on, you've been married longer than I've even been breathing. I said, you come in here and sit down. Let's, let's open the Word of God. Let's talk. Let's see what's happening. I don't care if it's financial. I don't, I don't care if it's... I don't care what it is. Your greatest friend in life is going to be the man of God. But the elder, I, I don't know... If, I, I, you ain't told me nothing. I, and you know you haven't. I'm just preaching this way. And I, I ain't mad at nobody but the devil. I'm not picking anybody out, singling anybody. I'm just, I just feel like God tonight is trying to get His church to understand. We're fixing to go through some stuff before the Lord comes and gets us out of here. And we better learn how to hold hands with a man of God and say, Preacher, as long as you can see and as long as I can see you, everything's all right. You just follow God and I'll follow you. That's what Paul said. He said, Be ye followers of me as I am follower of Christ. You follow me as I follow Christ. There's wisdom there. Well, at the, at the school of the prophets, here's a question I don't know if you've ever thought about. But after the meal was thrown in the pot, somebody had to be the first one that was willing to eat it. If you guys need some counseling, you can just you can talk to Brother Elder after church and he'll, he knows how all that is. Somebody had to be the first one that was willing to eat the pottage. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm asking you tonight is, are you willing to eat the pottage that comes from the lips of the preacher? I'm going to tell you something. There's death in this world. There's death in our stinking thinking. There's death in our attitudes. There's death in spirits that try and get a hold of us and, and build a wall between us and the preacher. I'm, I'm here to tell you tonight, if you're going to live, you better eat the Word of God that comes from the mouth of God via the man of God. You better say, hey, wait a minute. I'm not going to cook something up here on my own. That's why it ain't the will of God to have, you know, little cottage churches and cottage this and cottage that. You're going to be fed in the house of God. You're going to be fed by the lips of the man of God. My God. He did. He did. I'm not apologizing. I'm just telling you. Hear me tonight. I want you to get this message. Okay. I read to you in 2 Kings. What time is it, Brother Nathan? Okay. I saw you checking. I just thought you'd know.
tell Brother Mark he missed a good time tonight. Second Kings, the Bible says Elisha came to Samaria, walked into the gates and began to prophesy. Now, before we look into this in depth tonight, and we're I'm, we're going to try and look at it in, in depth. You've got to realize that in the preceding chapter you will find the king of Samaria walking on the walls of the city and a woman, a mother, is wailing in agony to get the attention of the king. And she screams, Oh king, live forever! But Samaria is besieged in the most severe famine that you can find in the scripture. I've, there's many famines. There's many famines and many instances I could take you to right now in the Bible and show you different famines. But there was no famine that compared with the famine of Samaria. For in the famine of Samaria you will find the scene, the preceding chapter to the seventh that I read to you. In chapter number six, that a woman is screaming to the king and said, Oh king, yesterday I made a pact with a woman. And yesterday we agreed to eat my baby. And today we were to eat her baby to live. But today I cannot find her. Samaria was in the famine that she was in was because the prophet had been there years ago and prophesied to that city and Samaria had thumbed her nose at the man of God and God shut the doors of heaven I am telling you tonight and I am saying this with as much love as I could ever say it and it is with love but friend the day that you lay your finger against the man of God you are putting a gun to your head. You are cutting your throat. You are literally shutting the doors of heaven to you. Not only will you go to hell, you'll drag your kids to hell. You'll drag your family to hell. You will drag everything around you to hell with you. Because when you put your hand on the man of God, God will curse you. And that's what happened to the entire country of Samaria. It was cursed with a famine because the man of God had been there before and they had laughed and mocked at, mocked him. And this time, Elisha walks back through the gates of Samaria and he begins to prophesy, Thus saith the word of God tomorrow about this time. Can you buy a measure of... Uh, barley for a shekel and the leadership of Samaria rose up and mocked him then a lord on whose hand the kings leaned started laughing and mocking and said huh might this thing be what's God gonna do open the windows of heaven I'm here to preach tonight to attitudes 
and spirits that say this church ain't going to grow it ain't going to have revival it's not going to increase and multiply i'm here to let them know god is going to open the windows of heaven Samaria was in trouble. If you read your Bible and if you will do some quick arithmetic, they were paying over $50 for an ass's head. I never ate one of those things and I don't want to. friend they were starving if you read your bible i'm I'm not i'm not this is bible for a quarter cab of doves dung they were paying three dollars and fifty cents in today's market that's an ounce I'm trying to get you to understand. It was in a severe situation that the man of God walked in and started prophesying promise and plenty and abundance. It was not some little bitty old two, three, seven day fast that he walked into. He walked into a city that had been besieged for years in a famine. And he opens his mouth and says, Thus saith the word of God. Tomorrow, about this time, there is going to be so much food here in Samaria. You can buy more food than you can eat for a shekel. And that little imp mocked the preacher. Said, yeah, you're just trying to get us hyped and excited, but what about when you leave? The preacher prophesied. If you will study it out, he was telling them they'd be able to buy a peck. It's a measurement, a peck of fine flour for a shekel. That's approximately 63 to 64 cents in today's economy. They were paying over 50 bucks for an ass's head. And the next day they'd be able to buy a pack. That's over eight quarts of fine flour for pocket change. And they started mocking it. Come here, Brother Nathan, Brother Joel, Brother Chris, Brother Bill, you want to get in on this? You guys are going to be four lepers. Sit down. We got Manny Moe, Jack, and Curly. I don't know what those four lepers' names were, but neither do you. So my names are just as good as yours. I mean, we could say Ebenezer and Eliezer and... Jacquemalul and Homer. But I'm just going to call them Manny, Mo, Jack, and Curly. 
Now the preacher, oh, I want you to get this. You've got to get this. The preacher walked into Samaria, Holy Ghost on him, prophesying revival tomorrow. Abundance tomorrow, about this time. And the leadership laughed at him and mocked him. But the word will never return void. That's why I'm here to tell you tonight, if you don't believe this and if you don't receive this, I, I'm here to tell you, you're going to see it with your eyes, but you'll never taste it. Because right now, God's going to honor his word. And it went right through the hands of the little Lord. And it is not accident that the next verse says, and there were four lepers. Oh, man, this is good. Are you catching my drift, brother? Preacher preached. People looked at him like he was an idiot. Oh, yeah? Well, how will that thing happen? You think God might open the windows? I kind of think he will. But if you don't want it, I'm telling you tonight, right here in this city, there's some lepers that are saying, my God, I wish to God that I could get something. He preached and went right through those people. It went right through them. I said, yeah, mm, we've heard this before. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm, yep, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, we've heard this before. We've had other preachers preach this stuff before. Yeah, we've had other trailers drug into this town. You know, you can preach it here, but you're going to leave. we got to stay here. I'm going to tell you something. This church ain't going to stay here. This church is going on, 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 on. And when it, the word went out of the preacher's mouth, that word went all the way through Samaria and out the city limits, and it fell on some lepers. Manny Mo Jack Curly. Curly punched Jack and said, hey boy, why sit here and die? If we just sit around here, we're going to die. If we go into Samaria, they're dying. The famine's there. The famine to get us. If, if we go over here to the Syrians, they're going to kill us. If we sit here, we're going to die. So if we go there, we're going to die. If we go there, we're going to die. If we sit here, we're going to die. So really, we don't have anything to lose, do we? And now here is where you're going to have to just let me kind of peek through and look with my imagination. And sitting there, all of a sudden, I can see Jack and Mo Jack and Curly. I can see Jack kind of lift his nose and start sniffing. If your nose is clean, you can lift and sniff, Joel. <laughs> sniff in the air. 
I, I, I can see him say, hey boys, you smell? Do you smell what I smell? No, what do you smell? I smell chicken, man. I smell fried chicken. It smells like Tammy's chicken. <laughs> and the scripture teaches us it doesn't go into all of the fine details, but somehow one of them bullies had to be willing to put his neck on the line. And I kind of think, oh, Jackson, hey guys, hang tight. But man, I really think I smell chicken. And they're saying, but wait a minute, it's coming from the camp of the Syrians. And if you go to the Syrians, you're going to die. He says, well, if I go to the Syrians, I'm going to die. If I go to Samaria, I'm going to die. If I sit down, I'm going to die. I might as well die with a chicken bone in my mouth. And old Jack, he's a leper, he's crippled, he's crooked, he, he, he comes over and he walks and he finds, he makes his way, oh I want somebody to get this tonight, I want you to get this picture. He makes his way to the Syrian camp and he reaches down because he's on his knees and he lifts up the tent flap and he knows that Assyrian may take my head off right now. But if I sit there, I'm going to die. And if I go to Samaria, the famine's in there, and it's going to kill me. But all of a sudden, just the last few moments, I smell food. I mean, I've been sitting here for weeks. I ain't never smelled nothing. But now, all of a sudden, I smell, I smell food. I smell chicken, and I smell prime rib, and I smell frying catfish. And I smell hush puppies. I smell tortillas on the comal. And he lifts the tent flap. And the scripture teaches us on the table was food. And nobody was there. And under the tent flap, he went. <laughs> Joel, you're doing good, Bubba. And a hungry man don't have manners. And a hungry man ain't worried about if he's got the salad fork, the entree fork, or the dessert fork. He doesn't worry if he's got the right knife or the right spoon. All a hungry man knows is, my God, I've been sitting over there starving, and here's all this food. And if we could stand to the side of the tent, it'd probably sound like... <laughs> I believe old Jack was picking out. Eating. And Manny Moe and Curly sitting here thinking, my God, Jack's been gone an hour. He's probably dead. The Syrians probably done cut his head off. But old Curly's saying, now boys, don't think I'm going nuts, but man, I smell something too. You smell what I smell? You smell that? That is chicken. Let's go, let's go follow him and see where he went. 
and they lift up the tent flapping and that there was food now what I'm preaching to you tonight is them four lepers caught the whiff of food because the man of God said this time tomorrow there's gonna be food aplenty I'm here to tell you tonight, if you don't get a hold of revival, there's a prostitute going to get it. There's an alcoholic going to get it. There's a drug addict going to get it. Because the word of God is promising to this church, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings you cannot even contain. Let's lift our hands and love him together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I say, my God, if the word said it, I'm going to prove it right. I'm going to prove it right. I'm going to have revival. Brother Bill, that's why, that's why it got on you yesterday when you laid hands on that. Or was that today? That was yesterday. Brother Elder, he's calling me like he calls you. Now I love it. I'd much rather hear that than you know what so and so did. No, and I don't care. See ya. Did you know what Brother Elder said to such and so and so? No, it ain't my business. Ain't your business. See ya. Yeah, but do you know what Sister Elder did? Nope, don't care. Ain't my business, ain't yours. See ya. Boom. Yeah, but do you know what Brother Carrick did? Oh, yeah, he led songs, man, like an angel. He shouted and danced and talked and done. And if you got something else to tell me that ain't going to be that good, shut up, don't talk to me. Yeah, but you don't know what I know. I don't want to know what you know because you don't know what I know. Hallelujah. I know I'm saved by grace through faith and that not of myself. It's a gift of God. I know I'm not perfect. I am forgiven though. Hallelujah. I haven't yet arrived, but I'm on the way. I said, until then, we need a preacher. The revival that broke out in the midst of those four lepers was a direct result of the spoken word of God, of Elisha, that said, thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time, f revival, abundance, plenty. I am preaching to this church. And I am trying to come to a close tonight and let you know in the, in the days and weeks and months to come, you may go through some times where you're not jumping very high and you're not running very fast. You may walk in this building and, and, and you may not see the pews loaded down. You may not see them all full. Sister Kim, you're going to ask some people to come to church that's not going to come to church. You're going to reach out and try and love people and they're going to they're gonna reject your love and they're, and they're going to reject your offers and re reject all the kindness 
happiness. They, they may say, well, forget it. Life's not worth the living. And on and on and on and on and on and on. You're, you're, not everybody's going to love you. Not everybody's going to listen to you. Not everybody's going to come to the house of God. Brother Bill, every head you lay hands on ain't going to receive its healing. Some people you're going to lay hands on, they're going to get mad at you. They're going to cuss you. They're going to spit in your face. Sometimes you're not, you're not going to run. Sometimes the pastor is going to have to walk down the aisles of this sanctuary. And he's going to have to rebuke and exhort. And, he, and he's going to have to clean house. But you just remember what this preacher is telling you. God has spoken to this church. And God has promised you revival. And God has promised you growth. And, and, and if you say, well, I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm here to tell you somewhere outside these walls right now. The word's going to fall on some ears. That's going to say, my God, I smell in the wind the fragrance of revival. I'm sick and tired of living the life that I've been living. And they're going to stumble down this aisle. And if you don't want to eat it, they're going to sit in your pew. If you think I'm mad at you, you're wrong. I'm not. I just, I, I, I haven't felt like I'm feeling in a long time. I just feel, I just feel this tonight. I don't know. Somebody may want to try and rise up and say something about Brother Elder. I tell you, if, if I find out about it, I'll come back. I'll hook it up with a big stone. I don't know. I don't know. But I just want you to know I'm going to stand with a preacher. Amen. I'm going to stand with a man of God. Amen. What if he's wrong? Well, what if he's right? What if he's wrong? I'm still going to stand with him because it ain't my place to straighten him out. He's God's man. He's not my man. He's God's man. Well, I ain't going to ride in his boat. How long can you tread water? <laughs> but it ain't never rained before. How long can you swim? But tell you something, I'd rather put up with some of the stink inside the church than try and swim all the rest of my life. It may have stunk inside the heart, but it was a whole lot better than outside them all. But I don't care how rough it gets. You live for God. You love God. You love the man of God. You love the Word of God. I, 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 I don't care. I don't care. But what if it affects me? Great peace have they that love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. Amen. If you love the law, you won't be offended. What about if it touches me personally? If you love the law, you won't be offended. Yeah, but what about if my feelings are hurt? Then be an adult and go to Brother Elder. And say, Brother Elder, I am coming in a right spirit. I don't understand this. And 
And if it's not for me to understand, I'll try and accept that. But would you help me? Would you help me understand? Don't lose your soul and sit at home and fester and get bitter and puke your bitterness on everybody else. If you have a problem with me, would you come to me? I'm not an animal. I, I, I'm pretty easy to get along with. I'm a fun-loving kind of guy. Man, if I've offended you, come tell me. I'll apologize. Unless if the word I preach has offended you, then I won't apologize. But if something I've done, I'll apologize. And same way in the house of God. Sister Kim, Brother Bill offends you. Don't call me and tell me that Brother Bill offended you. Go to Brother Bill. Say, Brother Bill, you're a great brother. But man, I don't understand something. Can, can you just shed some light on this? I feel... I. I feel offended and the Bible says you feel your brother has ought against you. Go to him. I'm going to you. Oh, I forgive you, man. Peace, brother. Come on, y'all. Let's live for God. Let's love God. Let's be pure and holy. I smell... I'm going to tell you something. I drove in this town today. Just be honest. Just be honest, Brother Elder. I drove all over this city today. And there is such revival in this city. There is such promise here. The atmosphere is so charged with it. I'm here to tell you tonight, if you don't want it, somebody else does. You better say, okay, God, open the windows of heaven and pour it out for me because I am one hungry dude. I am ready for it. Why don't we stand and love the Lord together? Why don't we lift our hands and praise Jesus? Praise God. 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 Why don't you thank God for the preacher? Why don't you thank God for your pastor? Why don't you thank God for the man of God that'll preach the word? Oh, let's pray for every preacher in the United Pentecostal Church. Would you help me pray? Let's ask God. God, we need a strong ministry. We need unfettered pulpits. We don't need to muzzle the preacher. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, help me love God. I'm telling you, I smell in the wind the blessings of God. The fragrance of revival. So my question to you tonight is, why sit there and die? Why sit there with bitterness and criticism in your heart and die? Because if you remain the same, you're going to die. Date it. What's today? The 4th of February? 93? Write it in your little date book. The preacher said, if I don't get rid of my bitterness and my criticism, I'm going to die. You write it there. Put my name on it.
it a stand. So why don't you fight for life? So I'm going to take a chance. I ain't got nothing to lose. Why don't I start getting positive instead of being negative? Why don't I start loving instead of hating? Why don't I start blessing instead of cursing? Why don't I start believing the windows are opening, not shutting? Why don't I start believing God's for me, not against me? I'm here to tell you, friend, you're going to make it. As long as you and Jesus stay friends. Oh, well, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Because you've got what it takes to win. And I know that you're going to make it. Hey, brother, you're going to make it. Hey, sis, get your head up. You're going to make it. Just as long as you and Jesus stay friends. Oh, well, you're 